broadcasting on the BBC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast on the BBC. Hello and welcome home. Thank you for joining us on episode 52 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here with Trevor. No Damon today, unfortunately. We got Trevor, though. What's up, Trevor? Uh, not much. How are you doing? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Lots of good stuff to talk about today. And not only do we have lots of good stuff to talk about today, we have a special guest here today that we are very excited about. This is a topic that has come up. I, I can't believe it's actually taken us 52 episodes to get to to this person to talk about this topic, Trevor. Because <laughs> yes, this but, is a topic we get asked about all the time. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm excited for this. So Me yeah. too. <laughs> Me too. So I, I want to introduce um, uh, Drew from DVC Rental Store. I, it takes everything in my being, Drew, not to say DVC Resale Market, because we say that word so much on our show, but... Oh no! But DVC me, we, rental we get store mixed up quite a lot. So. Oh, is that happening a lot? Okay, <laughs> that's good. Can you give us a little bit about your background, about your company, uh, DVC Rental Store? Tell us a little bit about. Yeah, we've been uh, been in existence from about around, we started around 2012, 2013. Um, it was kind of a crossover of years, but since then we just kind of we actually were all DVC owners first, and um, then we kind of. We're like, well, hey, what's this uh, whole renting thing about? And uh, we kept digging deeper, and then all of a sudden, DVC Rental Store came about, and uh, so we uh, we literally get to make people's dreams come true on a daily basis. So you, you we literally there's never a bad day in the office. You and that, it's cool because you guys work with both members and non-members, you know, for different reasons, right? So you you have people that are renting their points out or people that are renting the points, right? So, and that are sometimes members, sometimes not, I'm sure. Exactly. So, you know, our two big, two big sides of it is like we said, it's, it's the guests and the members. So you have the the guests that are coming that want to go to Disney world that want to stay in the DVC resort and not pay the Disney rack rate. And instead, you know, we, we have our other side, which is the members who say, you know, they have some bank points that are expiring. They just need some extra cash to pay their annual dues. Um, whatever the reason is that they just come to us and, they say, here, have our points for a year, and uh, I'll take the cash instead. <laughs> wow. Okay. That sounds great. Well, we, we have... I, Drew, I don't know if you... Our listeners are the greatest, right? I mean, they really are amazing. They sent us all sorts of questions for you. So we've got a big list of questions. And uh, Trevor, I don't know if you want to ask the first one. Yeah, sure. I guess we can probably bounce these back and forth. So um, I didn't see who this one was from, but... Uh, it was from multiple people. That's why I didn't oh, put a name okay. on there. Yeah. So it's right, a bunch of true. people yeah. asked us this. And from us, actually. This is a question from us, too. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. So so yeah, Drew, I guess... Um, so my myself and Tom, neither of us have rented points before. So what is the process like for renting points from uh, DBC Rental Store? Like, how, how, do, you, how do you do it? <laughs> as, as the guest, renting... Or, or be, as the member or the guest, are you saying renting as in? Um, so let's how, go both. <laughs> all right, yeah, right. Well, yeah, let's let's start with how do you rent points, or how do you rent points if you want to go on a trip, and then as a member, gotcha. how do you rent your points out? Gotcha. So if you're a guest, it's I mean both processes are insanely easy. Um, on the on the rental side that you want to go to Disney World using someone else's points, all you do, um, it's a pretty. You just go to our website and. Um, it'll walk you through everything, but basically without too getting into too great a detail, you submit a request form that shows, you know, I want to go during these weeks or this time period, want to stay at these resorts. Um, you submit that request form. 
one of our amazing travel agents will reach out to you and uh, they'll kind of work with you about you know how many kids you have where is it exactly that you'd want to be um, your dislikes your likes and at the end of all that you have your reservation that you are really set on um, so then you submit a $100 deposit and we put your listing on our website and um, members will go on there and claim it and so once a member goes on and claims a reservation it's been booked your travel agent reads back out to you and you have a reservation and then you just do the payment side from there and um, you check in like any other like it's your own reservation you put it on your uh, my Disney experience and it is yours Wow so okay. from from the member side the member is book is has to go in and like books book a reservation under the renter's name is that how that works exactly so the the on the member side they go in once you get through the signups and the agreements and all the fun stuff um they go on our website and they can claim exactly what reservation they want to book so if i have 150 animal kingdom points that i'm just not going to use this year i just want to get the cash for them i go on our website um I see a 150-point Animal Kingdom reservation that fits in my point time frame. Uh, I book it, or I claim it, and then I book it, um, and then I have to call DVC or do it online, and I just put in all of the um, guest info, uh, all that good stuff, and then I get my payment. And uh, it's 75% up front, 25% when the guest checks in. That way we have security, so you know the get, there's, there's no... It's a member... The member won't cancel because there's, you know, they got to receive that last 25%. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm guessing that like when the, when a renter goes in to put the request in, they just put the dates they, they want to go and you guys do the back end work to figure out how many points that's going to be to tell the member, I'm assuming, right? Well, the guest, the guest has to do the same thing on the front end. The, the okay. traveling agent works with them to figure out how many points it's going to be because uh, everything is on a point by point basis. So we charge the guest on a certain uh point basis and then we pay the member uh per point basis okay um all right and then so i i guess my next question on that is so you said you know as a member we would go in and look at um at requests that fill a certain amount of points what if you had like a smaller amount of points left over can you is there any way you can use that to help fill a larger request or do you have to find something that matches what what you have uh it's a good question so you have to basically match up whatever points you have but a lot of people will say well i have 150 points in um animal kingdom that i want to use but let's see i see a 160 point reservation they'll just borrow 10 from their next year to line it up perfectly so they just get the 160 because if you don't want to be left with like five points that you can't bank or anything like that because then they're just wasted points that right. makes sense yeah, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. Is like, yeah, how do you do it if you, yeah, if you if you come up short or if you have leftover? But I guess, yeah, you 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 bank or borrow to. That, yeah, that makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. there's a lot of flexibility yeah. in the DVC system. With you know, rarely do we find people that ever. Let's say I have a hundred point contract that literally book a hundred point stay every single year. There's always kind of a flexibility of five to ten points in there. I feel like you guys are kind of like a dating service for for DVC members. <laughs> like you're like a, you're you're a matchmaker. You're the, you're matching the e-harmony, up rent- eHarmony yeah. of the DVC world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and if you want to use that, if you know, if you want to use that as a tagline, feel free. Uh, just you know, make sure to attribute <laughs> it to me. Um. <laughs> no, that's exactly. I mean, in, in in the simple sense, that is actually exactly what we are. You know, we we call ourselves an intermediary. We just connect 
um, both sides, but, you know, we, we, in a sense, we're also an escrow in that, you know, the guest feels comfortable because, you know, they, they know that we have, you know, legal rights and everything and, and we make the, the members sign all these agreements. And so it's not like a private rental where there's always that risk that when you check in on that day, you're always kind of in the back of your mind thinking this reservation could be canceled with us. That does not happen. Well, that's 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 good to know. I I do have a question too. Just and this is, and we'll get into like the can like the cancellation stuff because a lot of the our listeners that are members had a lot of questions about you know how safe this is for them to do. You know if they're going to get uh, screwed over or something. You know we and so we want to definitely talk about that. But uh, just like on the more small things. So like let's say I rent to to somebody, rent my points out. Um, do I have to set up like their Magical Express and their their dining plan and all that stuff? Like is that things I have to do too or is that something they can do on their own still? No, as a member, that becomes that's that's part of of, of your tasks is doing the 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 magical express and the dining plans and then a, a villa request. And a lot of those, while they sound like it's a lot, it's really not hard in the slightest. Um, it, it's all you can do it all through chat. So it takes about five seconds to add a villa request or a um, MDE. Um, and it, it, none of it is difficult and all to do. It, but the, the reason is, is that we, the, the guests cannot actually do it themselves. The member is the one controlling the DVC membership has to be the one that adds everything. That makes total sense. That's kind of what I, kind of what I assumed. So, um, I do have a question. Uh, this one comes from Heather, uh, and I believe she sent this in on Facebook. Um, could a DVC member rent extra points and then have them transferred to them? So, um, I know we, we've talked before on this show about transferring points between contracts. I recently just did a reservation where I, I had some friends transfer me some points for a combined reservation. Is that something that uh, a DVC member could do? Could they rent points and then have those transferred over to them instead of doing like a reservation? No, because the the real reason that wouldn't work is because the the guest, you know, 100% of the time isn't the isn't a member, so there's no points that could be transferred anywhere. Um, and if you're going member to member, so if I, if I was a member and I transfer points to you, you know, and you pay me for those points, you could in turn use those transfer points to book a reservation, but I don't control those points anymore. So I can't do anything with it. Um, mm. so, so the one who's in control of the points has to be the one that's doing all of the booking, all of that stuff. Okay. That, I mean, that makes sense. I, I was curious about that though, because I'm assuming you sometimes have DVC members rent from you for maybe if they're out of points or, you know, they're, they they want to, you know, I, I don't know, I guess if they're just out of points, I guess that'd be the only scenario where somebody yeah, could do it. It, right? it really doesn't happen often. And obviously oh, there's really? no, okay. you know, we don't have someone that's a, that's renting points from a say, check here if you're a member as, as well. So it's, it's kind of a hard thing to gauge, but uh, rarely do we ever have members unless you like you said they just need one more day or they're you know they're out of points and and they just still want to go for another um another week or something like that okay that, yeah that makes sense um all right uh we got uh got another question here so um i guess kind of back to the the cost around uh, this so is there a typical price point um for uh the renting of points like or does it vary really by like time of year and um, resort and all that kind of stuff? Uh, it varies. It does not vary by time of year. It does vary by resort. Um, and in the in the zero to seven window and the seven to eleven month window. Um, so if it's 
anywhere in the seven to 11, we have, we call them premium resorts and non-premium resorts. So the non-premiums are Saratoga, Old Key West, Hilton Head and Bureau. Um, and just Shocker. not a lot of people re- request those. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. They're, they're just not, they're just not highly demanded. Um, so yeah. Th- yeah. those are the non-premiums and then the premiums is everything else. Um, and obviously it's a, it's a, it's a price difference per, um, per the premiums and the non-premiums. And then also within that, if it's a 50 point or under reservation, it costs more than if it's an over 50 point reservation. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, um, so if it's under 50 points, it's less money. If it's over 50 points, it's more money. Is that what you said? I'm sorry. Uh, if it's under, the the price per point goes up. And if it's oh, over, the okay. price per point goes down. Because dealing with those small reservations, uh, it, it's a little more of a hassle on the member. Because, say, I'm only renting 17 points as a member, and I still have to do all these dining plans and all this stuff with it. Yeah. It's, it becomes yeah. a lot more work. And so we, we, we tend to, to charge a little more. Um, and, and like I said, really, we, we get, we don't get a whole lot under 50. Um, but we do, and, and they, they always always get booked pretty quickly because, you know, the members always want, um, the ones who have 17, 18, 19 points just laying around want to book them. That's just like a one night, basically. <laughs> pretty much. I think, it's it, a one I, mean, I think you can get about two, three nights out of 50, but anything more than that gets you, uh, gets you over that limit. Interesting. That's yeah. No, I, I think that's interesting because I I was wondering you know how that how that kind of worked uh, the price point goes because you know I see your advertisements sometimes and it, so it, it does vary by different by different resorts and and kind of uh, did you say it varied too by whether it's seven months out or eleven months out did I hear that too Yeah, uh, exactly so okay. we if it's seven to eleven um, it's a different price point than if it's a zero to seven except for the non premiums those okay. uh, pay the same at seven to eleven and zero to seven but the the premiums, like if you want to stay at Bay Lake um, and you want to book it seven to 11 months out, you're going to pay more if you if you book it during that time than if you were to book it at the zero to seventh month window. Um, and I know people are thinking, oh, well, I'll just wait to the zero to seventh month window and I'll just book it then and pay cheaper. The odds of you getting that reservation decrease a whole lot because of availability. Um, so that's why a lot of our guests, we push them to you know, you may have to pay another dollar per point more, but odds are that reservation is going to get booked. Once it gets in that zero to seventh month window, you know, you have to compete against availability and everyone else as well. Yeah. It, yeah. And that makes sense, right? Because yeah, like you said, in the seven to 11 month you're you're dealing with someone who it's their home resort. They're able to get that, that booking in a lot easier in that window. That, that totally makes sense. Um, you want to do uh, another question? Yeah, I was, I was going to say, yeah, actually, I guess. So so we kind of talked about this. Is um, yeah. So obviously you can do below um, 50 points, but what is the lowest you can go for renting? I guess whether you're, you're you know, wanting to um, buy points or if you're wanting to rent points out. You can go as low as you want. Um, if you want to stay in an Animal Kingdom Jumbo value studio for one night, uh, you can do it. Um if, I think that's what eight points in the value time or something like that. <laughs> so if you can find that one night that you just want to stay there, uh, be our guest. But um, so there's no, yeah, there's no limit on how small, how big a reservation is. We see reservations over a thousand points and uh, oh, wow. un- under fifteen. Oh wow! <laughs> that and that question actually came from from Adam who sent us a couple questions. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I do you mind if I ask another one here? 
Oh yeah, go ahead. All right. So, and we kind of talked about this a little bit too. So, what happens? And I, I think this is a, a dual question here. So, what happens to the DVC owner if the renter cancels? So, how, how does that work? And this comes from from Adam. So it can happen. It's 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 not so much a case by case scenario, but what usually happens. Um, there's there's two situations when a guest, uh, let's say the member books the reservation and then the guest just cancels it. The guest just doesn't want to go anymore that day. Um, the day of, you book it. Well, we send you a little courtesy payment for booking that anyways, um, and then your points go back to you. You just cancel the reservation. Now, let's say you book the reservation today, and then five months down the road, um, the guest decides, well, I don't want to go anymore. Well, we'll do our best to re-rent that reservation for you um, so that you don't, all you have to do is change the names. And so then you don't have to deal with, okay, now I got to cancel this. Now I got to find another reservation, do this thing all over again. We'll just try to find another um, guest that wants that exact reservation and they'll take it. And then all you have to do is switch over the names, which is a super easy process. And we'll even give you a little courtesy payment for switching over the names. Oh wow! Okay, so that's pretty pretty straightforward then. So it's it's not like a it's just a minor inconvenience, I guess, to the to the to the DVC member. But what about on the on the renter side? I mean, I'm sure there's situations where DVC members all of a sudden decide that they want to use those points and they don't want the cash. How does how does that work? Well, with members, they're locked in. Uh, are you, wait, I'm sorry, you talked about the member side, right? Like yeah, yeah. So one. like, if I'm a member and I rent out my points, then I'm like, you know what? Maybe I do want to go this year, and I want my points. Like, how does how does that go? So you are locked in as soon as you rent from us. You sign a a, a binding legal agreement that basically says, you know, these points were used for this reservation. I will not cancel this reservation under any circumstances. Um, so you are legally bound at that point um, to to keep that reservation because you know, as a guest. The guests have to feel comfortable knowing that their reservation is not going to be canceled. Because um, if we had members doing that all the time, you know, we wouldn't be able to conduct business because um, there's got to be some kind of binding there. So, and we really never have that problem of, of members being like, "Oh, I kind of want to use these points now." Oh well, that, I mean, that makes total sense. I mean, I I could understand why. You know, I mean, it's it's interesting that that the like the member pretty much can't cancel at that point. Uh, you know, that's definitely definitely part of it. So that's that's interesting to me. Trevor, do you want to ask one? Yeah. Um, so I, I guess we, we've been talking about price and everything. Um, so uh, um, a little bit different angle on this. So Jay has asked, um, does Disney have any right to revoke your membership or any privileges if you rent out points through a service like like your store? Are there any restrictions or anything in the contract that may not be well known? Or is there anything that owners should be aware of when we're when we're renting points out? This is the grand old question that everyone loves to ask us. Um, and it's it's a perfectly understandable question. Um, in your contract, it does not explicitly state that you cannot rent. It does state that you cannot commercial rent. So that means, and Disney quantifies that as 20 reservations or more in a year. So it, it actually says, you know, renting is allowed. It's just not commercial renting is allowed. Um, so if you, you know, you're wanting to rent, I mean, you're wanting to rent a hundred points a year, you can do that as you know, without any fear of Disney coming after you for anything. It's just, you can't do it like 20 times. <laughs> yeah. Just and don't do it. Just don't do it 20 to 30 times. And then, then Disney may, uh, may, may come, come slap them on the wrist. <laughs> may. And, and that's, that's the thing. May, right. They'd still, exactly. You know. <laughs> exactly. At the end of the day, guess, it's, sorry, go, go ahead. 
I, I was going to say, I guess this makes sense why you act as, as a middleman and you're not actually booking the reservations because if you were doing that, then you would be in violation of those rules, right? So, exactly. Just by yeah. acting as an inter- intermediary, we don't book anything ourselves. So we're not commercial renting. We're not part of that. People think, oh, well, you're a commercial renter. Well, we're not. We don't actually rent or book anything. We just facilitate thousands of members that want to book uh, through us. And so you don't have to have any fear that, you know, oh, I Disney found out I, I booked this or DVC rental store. Are they going to come after me? They won't. They it actually it does not explicitly state in your guidelines uh, that you cannot rent your points. Well, that that's great. I mean, that that makes me feel a lot better because that, that, <laughs> that's always been a you know I, I think that's in the back of everyone's mind, right? So, well, because oh, yeah, we know... the biggest fear we have is people yeah. think, oh, well, Disney's going to come after me if I start renting these, and it's like, no, actually, it's 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 allowed. Well, because we all know most people don't read their contracts, right? I mean, yeah. All those guidelines are like 20 pages long, too. So I'm sure everyone who's a DVC <laughs> member has opened that up and just investigated everything in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some people definitely have because we have some listeners that know all the intricacies of the DVC contract. But most, most I would say, have not. I, I mean, I, I know I gave it a cursory review when I, when I um, you know, signed all the paperwork. But, I, you know, there's a lot of little minutiae and, you know, there's legal talk in there. And so, you know, sometimes you don't pick up on all these things. So that's, I think that's a really good thing to know. And I, I think that's a question, like you said, a lot of members have. Um, I do have a question here from Jay, another one from Jay. And he was asking if... Uh, the DVC member has any liability if someone renting your points causes problems. And he gives some exam- examples here of uh, being loud at night, rude to cast members, damages to the room, etc. And he gives the analogy, you know, if I have NFL season tickets and, and my ticket policy says if anyone using my tickets um, causes a problem at the game, I could lose my rights to my season tickets. Is there anything like that with, with DVC points? Can they, are, we, are, are we as members liable for those renters? So technically, it's up to Disney. Um, at the end of the day, the member would be the last person that they would go to. We've rented thousands and thousands and thousands of reservations, and we have never, ever dealt with this at all. Um, it's it's never been an issue, never come up. It, it would have to be so extreme that, that Disney would come back to the member who booked the reservation for that guest, because most likely, they're going to come at that guest and, and for the damages. Um, I, I mean, we're talking about that. It's like burn the place down for Disney to come after the member <laughs> at that point. No one's ever had a rock star party on one of your. No, no like... one's ever had. We have had a, a few guests. We I got actually. This is a uh, <laughs> on the guest side. We had a um, a guest who had to switch rooms because someone and it wasn't a guest of ours or a member of ours. It was the person who stayed in the Grand Floridian three bedroom Grand Villa before them oh destroyed gosh. it so bad that they had to repaint walls. Um, they had to reframe doors um, and a few other things and, and the damage Disney took care of them that, you know, they gave them free dining plans and all this other good stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, that was not on our side or any of our guests or members. We just heard the phone call and we were like, Oh my gosh, I I don't know how you destroyed the (laughs) three bedroom grand villa at grand Floridian that bad. Wow. That's crazy. I, w- I want to know what happened. <laughs> I want to know what happened. Oh, I just wanted to be a fly on that wall in that room just to see, yeah. see, see the damage. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah, I just... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't wrap my head around that one. No. That's, that's crazy. 
So okay. anyway, <laughs> um, so so I want to ask you a question, and so this is not Tom's question. This is my question because it, <laughs> this has nothing to do with with Tom. He won't care about this at all. Oh really? Um, <laughs> well, you you probably won't. So so okay. Um, I'm uh, and so so this is from Lillian, and so I'll read the question, and really this applies to me as well. So she's saying. Um, as a member that is non-American, not a resident of the U.S., and does not have an American bank account, if I decide to rent my points, how would I be able to receive the money? Um, I believe I would have to pay taxes to the U.S. government, fill out forms for the IRS and stuff. Um, does DVC Rental Store help with any of that? We definitely do. So we have a we have a lot of international members from Canada, Japan, um, a couple other places. UK is a big one. Um, and there's a couple different payment options. We can do PayPal. Um, we can do checks. There's there's different ways. You'll you'll get your payment. Um, but then the the withholdings and everything, we help you along the way with that. There are some federal withholdings, some international withholdings that you have to deal with um, on that kind of things. And we'll, we'll, we help you through that. We help walk you through that once you uh, once we realize that you are an international member. Okay, good. So, so like, yeah, I, I guess like for me in Canada, I, I, I'm not sure where Lillian's from, but yeah. So for myself, like we have to deal with things like capital gains on our income tax. And yeah, my concern would be, you know, having to, having to figure all that out, you know, at the next tax season after I've rented out my points. So you guys are, you, I guess you're familiar with a lot of the stuff and, and the stuff we have to do to, to process it. Well, we're a little limited on, so like if, when you get into capital gains and stuff like that, we can't help on how that is going to work with you specific to country to country. What we help with is the fact that you're renting on in United States. So there right. has to be federal withholding and taxes you have to withhold on your actual rental income um, from that. How you disclose it on your own personal tax return is 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 up to you and your CPA or your accountant. Um however they tell you to do it. But what we help with is the getting taken care of the tax on the U S side so that you don't have anyone coming after you from the United States for any oh, kind okay. of taxes from rental income. Okay, good. All that's, right. That, so that, that's fair. That, that's great. Yeah. yeah and uh, you know, just so you know, Drew, we have a ton of people that are international that listen to the show. So um, that's really helpful to them. I'm sure knowing that information, because, uh, you know, we have a lot of people that are from UK, from, you know, all sorts of different places. Are there any restrictions to any countries or can it, can it be anywhere? Uh, we pretty much deal with anywhere. Um, you know, it's a case by case basis and, and how difficult it may be. But we, we try our best to work with uh, work, work it out with, with whoever it is. OK, great. Um. I do, I do have a question too, and this is, you know, kind of, you know, this is an interesting thing because I, I know that there are some members out there, and I'm sure you've heard this, Drew. I, there are some members out there that have a negative feeling about renting points out. Like yeah. They, yep. You, you, I, you know, right? And and you'll see sometimes people will complain about availability, and they'll be like, "It's all due to those renters." Like, you know. Yeah. And and I, I just would <laughs> love to know what your thought is about that because I'm sure that's something you get all the time, right? Yeah, it, it is something we hear, um, and and we are obviously. We see it, and you know, at the end of the day, we provide a service for members who. It, it just creates a lot more usability for your points and versatility. And you know, you have these points, and let's say uh, an emergency happens at your home, and you just need some extra cash. You know, we provide a service that allows you to turn those points into cash so quickly um, that that you can use, then turn and use that with whatever you want. Um, at the end of the day, renting, you know, there's like 
I think the latest number was about 70 million points uh, out there that are that have been sold. <laughs> wow. Um, renting makes up, you know, maybe about five million of that that's used per year. So you're you're really looking at under 10 percent, you know, around eight nine percent of what is what is actually people going to Disney World is is renters. So at the end of the day, you're competing against 70 million points out there, you know. We we tell our people because we have people that, that ask us about buying contracts, and we tell people, um, you know, if you wherever you want to stay is wherever you should buy, because a, a lot of the complaints we get is, oh, well, I can't get Bay Lake. You know, we see the whole complaints of, oh, it's zero to seven, and I wanted to go to Bay Lake, and it's it's like, oh, well, I bought at Saratoga, and it's like, well, you may want to consider buying at Bay Lake because <laughs> everyone who owns any of those 70 million points is trying to book at Bay Lake at the, once that once that reservation hits seventh months or the seven seven months out. Um, so, you know, we like to say we're such a small piece of the pie that um, we're such a small competitor to everyone else that it, it, it's even if the whole rental market would go away, those reservations still wouldn't be you know in a surplus for everyone to have. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense because I've always said, like, the points are the points, right? Those points are out there. They're going to get used by somebody probably, right? Exactly. And if, if you don't use them, you know, before there was this whole big uh, rental side, people were um, just losing the points. You know, you had no – if you banked them and you couldn't use them, well, it was like, well, crap, now I've got no use for my points and I'm going to lose them. Now, if you can turn those things into cash, uh, pay for your dues for the year. Um, I know dues just went up, so we had a lot of members say, well, you know – I think I'm going to rent 50 more points this year just to pay for for some more dues and and just give me some more flexibility. Yeah, and I I guess also on the, on the whole point value thing, or you know, people saying that you know renters are taking up too much space is like you said, even even the people that can't use those points, uh, I'm sure in the past they would have said you know you know they'd find a friend or somebody else to use that reservation, so it's not like you guys are making new points in any of this, right? You're just, you're just using the points that are already in the system. Exactly. Like you said, Trevor, yeah. it's, it's exactly like you said, it's not like those points. I mean, those points may have been going unused a little bit more, but those, I'm not going to just waste a hundred points. If I have a hundred points that are going that are banked in or borrowed or whatever it is, I'm going to give that to a family member or a friend and say, Hey, why don't you guys go to Disney world? Um, you know, on us, or, you know, you give me a couple hundred bucks and you can go to Disney world. Those point, those reservations were still getting booked. It was just through a different Avenue. Um, then when the rental side comes and now you have an Avenue that you can get cash fast, it's safe, it's easy. Um, and it's, uh, it's great. Let me ask you this. I, I got another question, Trevor. I'm sorry if you were about to say something there. No, but, no, no, go. Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I just completely forgot what my question was. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so renters go out and they post, Hey, I want this reservation. Could a DVC member like myself, like, let's say I have a hundred points at Animal Kingdom I'm looking to get rid of. Can I go on there and say, Hey, I got a hundred points at Animal Kingdom. Who wants to rent them? Or is it just one way? Is it just the renter requesting? So right now we're doing, uh, it's just the renter. So the renter requests a reservation and then we have a whole listings page on our website. Um, that members can go on and just claim whatever they want. But we're actually, uh, it's kind of a good segue, we're working towards more of a system where um, members can go on and claim whatever they want, but they could also say, like you said, I have 100 points at Animal Kingdom. Um, can you get rid of these for me? And we'll take them and we'll just say like, hey, Tom, here's a reservation we found for you. Can you book this for us, please? And then you just go on and book it and now you're done. Um, 
but we we don't we don't necessarily do um it's all everything's driven by the guest because sure. the guest is the one that's you know a member's points are wasted if no guest wants to go to that hotel or resort and use them um so we kind of the 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 guest is who's drive who drives that and the members are the ones that you know just go on and book them that ma- that makes total sense that uh, yeah and I, i'm just thinking to myself you know some of the different ways because i'm like if i'm desperate to get rid of 100 points i'm probably willing to take a little bit less money that rather than nothing right <laughs> so exactly like it's like wait, let's make a deal here you know like oh, okay i'll i'll give it to you for less if you take it you know <laughs> so. exactly you i mean and 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 we pay out the the same to members um we we have two set rates for members too that's the 7 to 11 month they get a premium rate and a 0 to 7 they get a uh, they get a little bit of a discounted rate we pay $15 to the member who books at the 7 to 11 at the premium resorts and 13.50 at the 0 to 7 uh month resorts that's uh, so that's good to know then i guess for for anyone that's thinking about this is that as a member um, it's better, like, if I know that I'm not going to use my points in the next 11 months, I'm better getting to you sooner than later to rent out my points versus, you know, that last minute, like, well, you know, I've, or I'm coming up, you know, like, I, I've got these points for like three months or whatever, and I have to use them by this date, like that. So, so that's, it's better to plan ahead, I guess, if you're planning to rent your points out, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, you don't lose a whole lot from the seven to eleventh uh, to the zero to seventh month window. It's only a dollar fifty difference. Um, but if you have Bay Lake, you know, you would probably much rather rent them at the seven to eleventh month window and get that extra dollar fifty than you would wait until it gets to zero to seven um, right. and try to book something at that. Uh, and, and you'll have much less of a problem renting your points at seven to eleven than you will at zero to seven because everyone wants the zero to seventh month reservations because. You know, everyone's like, oh, I got to get rid of my points now. I got to be quick and everything else like that. <laughs> I, I've got a question. I've got I've got two more questions in my head. And I don't know, Trevor, I, I just asked one. So I don't know if you have any more. No, actually, I think, uh, no, go for it, Tom. And then, uh, yeah, okay. I'm good. <laughs> uh, so how quick is like the turnaround on this? So I'm a member and, you know, I'm like, maybe I just, you know, I see people sometimes they buy a resale contract and it's, you know, it's it's March and then they have points that are, you know, expiring in May and they're like, oh no, I need to get rid of these points in May. I can't do a trip. Like how quick is the turnaround? Well, we have, so in that kind of situation where you, let's say you had March points or you had, uh, let's say June points that are expiring. It's now March and you have points expiring June 1st. We, odds of you finding a reservation during that time is going to be a little limited. But we do different things on our website, like discounted points to where, let's say, you know, you'd rather just get something out of these. So you can list your points at, let's say, $10 a point. And so then guests will go onto our website and see, oh, you know, I'm planning a quick trip here in about two months. I will just take some of those discounted points and I'll, and, and I'll do that. And so there's different avenues that you can take to still get rid of your points. Okay. That makes total sense. And, and my last question here. And this is going to segue perfectly into our next topic after this. <laughs> so how do you, with the resale restrictions that are coming to the Riviera, now the Riviera is getting sold, right? We're going to talk about that in the next segment here. But how do you feel like that's going to affect the rental market? Because I feel like there's some really interesting things that could end up happening in the rental market with the way the Riviera is set up for resale. 
So I, I'm not so sure the rental side is going to affect too much, especially in the original 14, because people are still going to want to go. People still have the points to, to book it. I think what you're going to see is that people that want to go to Riviera, you're not going to find a lot of people that can book those at the 7 to 11th month window, especially. Um, and once you get to the 0 to 7, I think you're going to see a massive demand uh, of people want, of people wanting to go to Riviera once it hits that time. And our problem is that we're going to have to deal with, uh, I think on a regular basis, is members who think they have the ability to book at Riviera and really don't. Um, and then you're, you're going to be dealing with that. And, um, you know, I think Riviera is going to be, you know, whether we pay members more who own a Riviera or charge guests a little more because it's so hard to get, it, it, it's, it's all a balancing act and trying to figure all that out. So you, you think that, and I, I don't, I'm not going to hold you anything, obviously, but you think it's possible that the Riviera could be at a little bit more of a premium than the other resorts just based on, you know, how it's set up and everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a, definitely a possibility. I think everything's driven, you know, it's a supply and demand world. And so if there's a whole lot of demand of guests that want to go to Riviera um, and there's only a little bit of supply, you know, you have to reach that equilibrium somewhere. Um, and so whether it's, we, you know... We pay the members more that just own there at the seven because the, the big deal is a seven to eleventh month window, um, and I just don't think you're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of Riviera points out there for a long time, especially with the new restrictions and and everything else that comes with that. All right, great, yeah. So let's. Um, I, I think that's all the questions I have, Trevor. I don't know if you have any more. Um, no, I think uh, I'm good. Uh, I guess just on that that last question, my my initial thoughts. So sorry. I, um, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, Drew, but I'm an IT guy, so I'm always thinking of like the backend solutions for this. So I'm wondering if when Riviera comes around, if you may have to implement some kind of verification system for the members so that they can get flagged as, you know, either having the, the core 14 or having access to Riviera for renting points. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just going to be a trial and error thing by the time that rolls around. Um because it's, I mean, I think people still are having a hard time understanding the new restrictions, and and rightfully so, because it's a little confusing. Yeah, um, definitely, and, definitely. Uh, it's definitely going to be some trial and error. You know, we're, we're going to have a, I bet a lot of members that are like, oh, I'll I'll take that reservation, and it's it, it just creates new new sectors. You know, there's there's the zero to seventh month window, but now it's zero to seventh month window the fourteen original resorts and zero to seventh month window Riviera. And so you have only you have some members who can book at both, some members who can only book at one. So it it makes our job a little more complicated. But in the end of the day, I don't think it's going to affect anything too much. All right, that's interesting. So so Drew, before we move on to other topics here, can you give us website, uh, all the places they can find you, Facebook, social media, and then I would also love to just to give a little elevator pitch here too, because I I don't know if um you know, if we did that, but uh, of why, why a renter would want to rent DVC points? Why would somebody want to rent somebody else's DVC points? What's the benefit to them? Yeah. So you can find us, it's just dvcrentalstore.com. Uh, you know, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the, all the social media. Um, but our main website is just DVC, dvcrentalstore.com. Uh, we just tell guests the the big thing is, you know, you're going to, you're going to save thousands, uh, potentially depending on how big your reservation is. Uh, using us rather than you would using Disney. Uh, rack rate is is so expensive these days, and and I know people love discounts and saving money, and that's what you're going to find through using us. Is um, a savings can be anywhere 
you know, 20 to 50% potentially, uh, depending on the reservation and, and, and you're going to save money by using us. That's great. Thank you. Thank you for answering all of our questions, Drew. And Drew has been kind enough to, to stick around for the rest of our nonsense today. Uh, so <laughs> oh, yeah. we I appreciate like you. Uh, yeah, for sure. I, we appreciate you answering all those questions. And I know our listeners probably got a ton out of that because all those questions really came from our listeners and, and they wanted to know about it. So yeah, and no problem. And if any of your, uh, any of your listeners, you know, give us a call or find our website or talk to our travel agent. Just mention the the Welcome Home podcast, and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, please do. If you when you call them up, please uh, please let them know you heard heard about them from here, and uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll that that will be appreciated. You know, we we love to hear that, and they'll love to hear uh, from you guys. So, yeah, definitely. All right, Trevor, awesome. you want to lead us into our next uh, our next topic here, even though we we did a nice little transition. <laughs> yeah, so so obviously Riviera is is the hot topic right now, and so the uh, Riviera Resort Point charts, uh, purchase price, and walkthroughs were revealed. Um, I, I actually watched some of the videos on this. It was uh, it was uh, it's really nice how the the resorts or how the rooms are set up. I'm impressed. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm impressed. I like them a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. For sure. And, and so some, some dates that people will want to pay attention to. So the Riviera Resort will be open as of Monday, December 16th, 2019. So pretty late in the year. Um, early buyers can begin making reservations on Wednesday, April 10th. So coming up here in uh, less than two weeks. And uh, reservations made using Riviera Points will be subject to the normal 11-month booking window, meaning owners will initially have access to check-in dates from uh september or not september december 16th through march 10th 2020 so um so if you buy in early you have quite a large window to play with right off the bat yeah that's that's yeah. true we actually had a couple listeners write into us that they already bought there which is cool um yeah. so a couple couple people have already bought um i did you see the price point for this uh so the price point at 188 per point which i i think is um i believe that's what copper creek is is at right yeah yeah so that's i mean that's kind of surprising to me we've been speculating on the show for a while that they were gonna go closer to 200 i thought they were too because if you look at the grand floridian the price now direct from grand floridian it's a whole lot more expensive than uh than that and i really thought that they were going to be they seem to be comparable resorts yeah but i i think the case with this um it makes sense that they kind of went the same price as Copper Creek, but um, cause remember how a couple months ago they raised the price on everything else. So that was them positioning mm. themselves for this, right? That, that, that now they're selling Riviera. And the deed yeah. is, is much further expiration wise too. So yeah, that's always a huge advantage that any of these resorts, new resorts have. That makes, yeah, that's totally true. Yeah. And, and I, I thought too, that the, the so the annual maintenance fees were at uh, eight thirty one per point to start out. Which uh, I I wish I would have done some comparisons because I'm trying to think of what mine is at my resort. <laughs> I, I believe this is pretty high. Like yeah, this it's is, pretty high. This is yeah. getting close to like Grand Floridian type. I think the only one that it's actually under might be Vero Beach and maybe Hilton Head, but I think Vero might be the only one that's more expensive. Oh wow! So they're they're costly. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder why the dues are so high there. I, I, I'm. I'm just trying to think of. I mean, I doubt they're paying for Skyliner ma- maintenance. I mean, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> maybe I, they are. I, I mean, maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe that's part of part of the deal is for that Skyliner station that's going to be there. But I. I don't know. I just. It's interesting to me that the dues are so high there. I. I'm not sure. I understand why. But. 
I don't know. I mean, I, I know some of our listeners have bought already and seem to be seem to be happy with it. I'm not, and of course, we're not. We've been talking about this resort for a while, so it's kind of neat to kind of finally see that it's uh, coming together here. But and by the way, I want to point out that a couple episodes ago, I would I guess that the Tower Studios at their cheapest were going to be about ten points per night, mm-hmm. eleven points. What's up? Yeah, yeah <laughs> you guys laughed right. at me. I was I was on the nose. <laughs> no, and, and uh, yeah, I guess I, I thought they were going to be a little bit higher too. Like I'm, I'm surprised that they came in as low, but again, the tower studios are just a two person room. So it kind of, yeah. it, it does make sense. Um, well, and, and it's, that's the cheapest season. They do go all the way up to like 26 in the premiere season. So they, they do get more expensive, but yeah, in a very cheap season. <laughs> and, and I guess my only thought on why it's so expensive is, um, I almost feel like they're building another. So, so like, if you think about how there's Bay Lake tower and the poly and grand Floridian, and they're all like the the resort centric to Magic Kingdom, right? Um, this resort is fairly unique. Or, well, I shouldn't say it's fairly unique because it, it's in the same vein as like Beach Club and Boardwalk, right? Where it has easy access to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. So it's it's uh, location is pretty like it's a prime location, but in a different sense than the other ones. And I wonder if maybe that's why they're they're positioning it the way they are well it's funny because we've been jokingly calling it the star wars land premium right yeah Uh, yeah. but it is it is off to the side though (laughs) i mean but it it is not like it's not right on top of hollywood studios right it's 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 off to the side a little bit but it does have that direct access via the skyliner so I, i don't know i almost feel like you have a monorail premium to kind of situation going on here but with the skyliner right yeah, and, and you're you're talking the most premium of lands, uh, which is the Star Wars land, right? It's well, the the one that everyone wants to be in for now. And, and but then also, I I think they're even doubling down on that, and that they know what's coming with Epcot. And I think True. in the next couple of years, you know, Epcot and Hollywood Studios are going to be places that everyone wants to be. So these, so the Riviera will be, you know, a, a premier resort for anyone wanting to hit both of those parks. Well, it sounds like a lot of people, too, are, are even considering that Skyliner a ride in itself. And so just to have that resort that's connected right to it, that you can just jump on any time. I think that's just been a huge draw um, yeah. for a lot of people. Kind of the same as the monorail. I mean, like exactly. we, we like the monorail for the same reason. So I mean, I consider both of them to be rides. So <laughs> transportation systems, but also rides to me. So, um, you know... I, I would agree with that, though. I, I think you're right. And I, I the convenience of, of where that station's going to be to, like you said, it's not just uh, Hollywood Studios. It's also Epcot and all the things they're putting into Epcot. So there's, I mean, it's it's both things. It's kind of in between the two of them, and it's got convenient access to both of them. And if you really think about it, there's not a lot of resorts that, that can say that they're conveniently located to two resorts, right? Even the Magic Kingdom resorts are just Magic Kingdom, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, with, uh, I mean, the the connector to Epcot is, you know, you go from the TTC and it's a bit longer, but yeah. you're still avoiding, you know, you don't have to get on a bus to go to Epcot, right? So Exactly. Yeah, I, I feel this is the same kind of thing. It's, you know, they're selling it as, you know, alternative transportation, which gives you direct access to a large amount of the property. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense there. And I... I mean, I, lo- I took a look at a lot of the walkthroughs of this. One thing that I really liked, um, and I don't know if you saw this, but I noticed that in all of the other rooms, that instead of the pull-out couches, they had, like, the Murphy beds in, in, in the rooms instead of the pull-out couch. And I, 
me personally, I kind of hope they do that for like all the DVC rooms as they refurbish them. I think that would be great because I, I, I think a lot of people don't. I mean, I don't want to sleep on a pullout couch if I'm at Disney. Now, given I'm at Disney, so, you know, some things, you know, you let some things go. But I, I would prefer if I stay in a studio, which I do often and I have guests with me to have them stay not on a on a pullout sofa. It would be nice if they had a real bed. But. I don't know. Maybe uh, I'm in the minority on that. So, so I agree. But um, so from the back end on that, I, I actually do own a Murphy bed. Um, <laughs> so, so in our nice. spare bedroom, yeah, we, we had a Murphy bed installed because um, we have family that comes and stays with us at uh, various points. And um, the, so the difference in cost between a Murphy bed and a pullout couch is, is pretty big. <laughs> Um, fair that's fair yeah so 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 i guess my only thought on that is you know you know people talk about their dues right and i you know i know they they budget a certain amount for for refurbishment but you know as much as like i don't get me wrong i love those murphy beds i saw that i saw them in the video and i think they're amazing um it's still a very expensive prospect to have everywhere (laughs) No, that's I. That's you're not wrong, but I mean, yeah. I also look at Disney. I, I imagine that Disney gets a bulk price for their mattresses, like because they probably go through mattresses like crazy, and they probably pay almost nothing for those mattresses. So I would think that they probably could get a bulk price for that kind of stuff too. But I, I don't. Yeah, know. It, it, well, it's yeah, it's really more that because the uh, the whole mechanism and everything that goes into a Murphy bed, it's. Uh... Yeah, it's a, it's a lot more. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and the, and those theirs are pretty cool because the couch basically like folds down with it. It's kind of, it's kind of neat how it all works. So um, I don't know. I liked that. I thought the rooms looked really nice. I was kind of surprised. Not that I didn't think they were going to look nice, but at first, you know, I, I think we talked about it on the show the Riviera Riviera didn't really appeal to me that much. But then when I saw some of the videos of those those rooms, I was like, wow, I this looks really nice. I, I kind of want to stay there now. You know, I'll tell you what that restaurant up top that looks. Oh, I'm all about that restaurant. I would love to go up there. <laughs> yeah, and I, actually, yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Drew. That that's another thing that I realized too is that you have a restaurant that will have fireworks view for Epcot exactly. and Hollywood Studios. Like, whoa, yeah, that's that's a premium. Yeah, I mean for <laughs> sure, that's going to be a tough reservation. I, I'm betting that's going to be a tough one. Oh yeah. But, you know, I, I've, like I said, I'm all about that one. I really want to go there. <laughs> so, especially I, with the food, too. The food seems like it's going to be really good. Not say, that I, I've I seen it. But the, food, the food's not bad, probably, too. Oh, yeah. yeah for sure. <laughs> I, I, I feel, you know, I, I, I think this will actually be a resort that, I, like, I, so far I haven't gone and toured other resorts yet in, like, in DVC. Like, I, I've been to other resorts and all that when I've been staying there. But I think I'm actually legitimately curious to, like, like one day, you know, if I'm at Epcot is actually, you know, hop on the Skyliner and go over there and check it out because you're right. It is looking more and more interesting the more that we're seeing about it. I like to resort hop anyway. Sometimes I like to like go just wander around resorts sometimes. If I, you know, if there's just some reason for me to, I'm never just like, hey, let's go check out Saratoga Springs. Like I, that's never happened. But like, you know, I I love Wilderness Lodge, and and we've we've made a trip over to Wilderness before just to to walk around and wander and enjoy Wilderness Lodge. You know, uh, so I I think I I could see myself doing this with this, especially since it's on the you know, like you said, it's like it's on the Skyliner, right? It's on the way. So just yeah, pop off and you know 
go check it out for a few. And I mean, we haven't seen what the lobby's going to look like yet, right? They haven't released any renderings of that. We haven't seen like what the, I mean, we've seen kind of like a map and some pools and stuff like that, but we don't really know I'm ass- if it's going to have that grand entrance that we're used to. I'm assuming it will just based on the grandness of the concept in general. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one now. I, I just realized, so for me, it's, you know, I'm still kind of in the honeymoon phase with DVC. So when we go, you know, we're, we're all about the parks, but this is actually a good opportunity for um, like spend a morning at Hollywood studios, hop on the Skyliner, go and have lunch at the Riviera and then hop on the Skyliner again and go over to Epcot for, you know, afternoon, evening kind of stuff. Like that's a good call. Yeah, yeah, I could do I, that. I, I could see that too. <laughs> well, I'm glad we finally like know all the dates for everything, and uh, you know, I, I I think it's interesting, and I'm I'm glad a lot of our, our a lot of our listeners have bought in already. You'll have to tell us once you stay there how it's gonna how it's gonna be if you like it or not. Um, I'm assuming it's gonna be a, a really nice one. So, um, I I think it's funny because. You know, when they came out with that date, I was that's the date that I was thinking basically that that Star Wars was going to open, right? Like late fall. Like they're first of all, they're pushing it with late fall as being December sixteenth, but that's, that's the, they're pushing it a little bit. But it, it, it's squeaking in there. As, I mean, yeah, yeah barely, right? Yeah. <laughs> But that's kind of what I thought Star Wars was going to be was like you know late December like that. But I, I guess it's uh, I guess they finished way earlier than we thought they were going to for Star Wars and not so much for 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 the Riviera. So I I honestly I don't think it's a bad thing. I I think you know it's it's good that that you know Star Wars Land is getting its hype and everything, and then that'll die down. And because if they opened up the Riviera around the same time, you would just have people fighting for. Riviera on top of Star Wars land. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. All right. Yeah. Anybody else have anything they want to say about the Riviera before we uh, we move on here? No, I think I'm good. I think you guys covered it. All right. Awesome. Well, let's 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 go ahead and uh, talk about our our friends' uh, DVC resale market here. DVC resale market. Um, obviously, that you know they've been our friends for a long time, and and we love promoting them. They are the leader in the DVC resale industry with 11 former Disney Vacation Club guides and two former Disney Vacation Club quality assurance managers. If anyone is thinking about buying DVC, they have the largest selection of DVC resale listings anywhere with DVC experts on hand seven days a week to answer all your questions. And these guys are awesome. Like we've had them on the show. I love dealing with these guys. Personally, I've, I've obviously bought a contract through them. On the flip side, if you're ever thinking about selling, you can uh, call up DVC Resale and uh, be confident that that they will do their best to help you sell your listing. They have over uh, 98% of their listings sell within 30 days and nearly 3,000 contracts sold in 2018 alone. So their website is dvcresalemarket.com or you can call them at 1-844-DVC-PROS, which is 382-7767. And uh, let them know that Welcome Home sent you. So again, that's dvcresellmarket.com or one eight four four DVC Pros. And yeah, yeah. I, Give- so fun fact, or with speaking of, you know, me buying stuff from them, I actually uh, I got my letter this week saying that everything is closed and done with uh, the contract that I bought back in January from them. So. Um, Again, the, the the process was, you know, 
super easy. Like uh, they gave me everything I needed to know. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy now because now I'm looking at my, uh, at the, the website for uh, um, DVC and I'm going, now I have more points that I have to try and spend. <laughs> so I might be uh, calling you up drew next. If I uh, need to rent out some points here, <laughs> Oh, please do. Now you have too many points. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, you can I, never, you can never have too many points. Yeah, that's true. That's but, true. But I can have enough points to pay my dues. So that you can. That's that's, that's true. Drew, yeah. Drew, we never actually asked you where do you, where do you own? I you, you're a DVC member too, right? Yep. Uh, Beach Club is our is our home resort. Stayed nice. there uh, for several years, several several years, and um, I, just love everything about it. So it's what feels like home, and just being able to walk to Epcot and Hollywood Studios is just you can't be beat. Yeah, I, yeah. I really actually do want to stay there now. I, I kind of didn't realize how their pool was set up, and oh yeah, the, the, I, they've got the legendary pool at Beach Club. Oh, yeah. Their pool is awesome. Yeah, I I, I kind of want to go there now after we're done uh, with our uh, our honeymoon at Polly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I highly recommend it. It's I mean, just the and you have Beaches and Cream right there, which is one of our favorite favorite uh, Disney restaurants, and it it just has such a fun atmosphere to it. Yeah, that is one that is on my bucket list that I've not stayed in yet. I stayed at Boardwalk uh, a couple years ago, but I've not stayed at Beach Club yet. That has uh, been on our bucket list for a little while now. So hopefully sometime soon here we'll, we'll get in there. But um, I have noticed it's a little tough at the seven-month mark to get into Beach Club. So. Oh, yeah. Everyone wants the Beach Club once it hits seven, zero to seven months. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that's a tough one. So, um, so let's talk about something I saw a lot of people complaining about on Facebook. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I, I probably have the same comments actually. Oh, you do? Okay, I'm interested. Okay, uh, so let's let's talk about this real quick. So this is, um, and this is happening soon. This is happening basically. You know, we're this, you'll be hearing this on uh, April 1st, and uh, this this event is happening April 10th. I don't believe it's sold out yet as the as we're talking here. But um, DVC members are invited to attend the Star Wars Galactic Gathering at Disney's Epcot theme park, hosted in the World Showplace Pavilion. So if you're not familiar, there's like a little, uh, it's kind of backstage. It's like a, um, it's like a little event space back there, and they they host all sorts of things back there. The event will feature character greeting opportunities and themed set displays, a DJ dance party, and reserved viewing for illuminations. All-you-can-eat buffet meals included with Star Wars-themed food and drink. The buffet will have salads, small bites, carving station, butter chicken. I don't know what that other thing is. Delectable desserts. Um, and a selection of alcoholic beverages are included for uh, ages 21 and up. So I think that's a key here. Now, here's where everyone's mad. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the cost for the party is $210 per person for guests age 3 to 20, $225 for ages 21 or older. Full payment due at the time of booking. Theme park admission also required. So it's not part of, you know, of course, your ticket isn't included with that. So I saw a lot of people were really upset about this on Facebook. And I, for so and Trevor, I, I know you you were probably going to have a lot of those same things. I mean, for me, we talked before on this, like, I don't care about the premium events, like if they have them or not. Or I don't care if how much they cost, because because for me, it's like if you want to do them, do them. If you don't want to do them, don't do them. It, it's not going to affect me either way. Like, it's not they're not closing Epcot early for this. It's it's, you know, it's taking part, you know, in a in a, in a um a back area like it, I feel like it just doesn't affect me at all but I understand why people look at that number and there's some sticker shock and I'm assuming that's that's where you're going to be at with this too Trevor well, I, I mean it's a little high and I guess to be fair you know I've done dessert parties and 
yeah, this is in the same price range. I didn't uh, I didn't realize it had the buffet, and I'm assuming when they say Star Wars themed food and drink, I'm I'm hoping that they would you know offer some things up like you know the blue milk that they're going to be selling at uh, Galaxy's like, Edge and stuff like, like an that. early preview of like the food at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, I mean that, that that's what this that would be kind of cool. this yeah. what this kind of seems like to me. Um, actually, so my annoyance is somewhere else, and it it's that the from when they announced this, it seems like there was no warning on this. And okay, like I, just a couple weeks' notice, basically. Yeah, and I like I get that you know it's a members thing, and it's kind of a you know if you happen to be here sort of thing, but um, I, I don't feel that that's you know necessarily fair to a lot of members. I, I think that, you know, sorry, like myself, you know, I'm planning stuff 11 months out. I'm already talking about my trip next year, but events like this make me question, you know, like if I'm planning that far out, I can't just go and change plans quickly because all of a sudden there's a member event. And and I guess on the flip side of that too, is that, you know, this is a one-time thing that they're doing versus something like Moonlight Magic where they have events throughout the year. Um, so my annoyance with it is that, you know, they, they kind of throw it out there as, you know, it's a member event, but it's something that I'll never get to because I don't have the flexibility to just, you know, drop what I'm doing and be there in two weeks. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. I guess one of the things I've seen is that the, I believe there's a star Wars themed uh, run going on the weekend before or the, or the couple days before that. So I guess a lot of people were thinking, okay, well maybe the, the, the hardcore star Wars fans will be here for that. But I get that, though, because they, right. they did kind of spring it out of nowhere, right? It just kind of popped up, and it was like, oh, okay. You know, but I I think I thought most of the people were upset about the price point. But, I mean, that's a good point, too. It, it is a little high. I, I think the reason it's high, honestly, is because of alcohol. But <laughs> if you got an open bar, I mean, you're going to end up with a, with a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, uh, more expense there. But then again, you know, the people that can't drink are only $15 less than the people that can. So, I, yeah. I, and I guess to me, it's more a combination of things like the, the alcohol is, you know, great and all. And, and I don't drink. So, so that's, you know, a non-issue to me, but um, you know, it's, they're obviously offering food. They're, they're offering, you know, very specific food. This isn't a standard buffet. They're offering, you know, something Star Wars themed, Um and they're also doing, uh, you know, character meet and greets and all that kind of stuff. So, so this actually kind of reminds me of I, I did the uh, the dessert party for Star Wars at uh, Hollywood Studios, and um, so that one in particular, they had um, you had the party, they had stormtroopers walking around, and then you got to watch the fireworks afterwards. And the stuff that they were offering during that dessert party—that's actually. Um, the stuff I saw there was far more unique than um, what I've seen at any of the other dessert parties like Halloween or watching Happily Ever After or anything like that. So I do appreciate them, you know, going out of their way to give us something different. And, you know, with that comes, you know, they're, they're going to charge us a bit more because they are like, it's not the standard, you know, um, cookies or, or whatever it is they normally do. Yeah, Mickey ice so, creams. Yeah, We're not just yeah, handing out Mickey ice cream bars. There's yeah, I get it. Yeah, are, but, are you guys are you guys surprised at all that they put it in Epcot instead of in Hollywood Studios? I just yeah. like all the hype of Hollywood Studios and Star Wars Land opening. I feel like putting mm. it there is just kind of makes a little more sense. I mean, I guess size wise, I don't really know, but I, I was just a little surprised it was Epcot, not Hollywood Studios. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Drew. I mean, it, 
they, this, I, I guess the the venue where they did the dessert party in Hollywood Studios, it's, it was inside the launch bay, and it honestly wasn't a very big space, so um, it was fairly busy when we were in there, and um, and, and again, even even compared to doing like a happily ever after dessert party. Um, it did feel very crowded. Like we didn't even actually have anywhere to sit in there. So for them to offer a buffet, they, I, I can understand why they need somewhere to do a proper sit down. Yeah. I think Epcot's got a little bit more size and availability for that kind of event. Is my yeah, guess. exactly. But, but then the weird thing too, is that, you know, they, they offered, uh, um, viewing for illuminations. Why would you not let people go over to and watch, <laughs> watch the star Wars show at Hollywood yeah. studios? Like have a bus that takes them <laughs> over there, yeah. Yeah, like I don't know. It, it just, yeah. It, it it's it feels very thrown together. I guess is the other thing. It, <laughs> Last minute celebration. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I, I it, it almost feels like you know they had budget for it and they went, eh, you know, well, let's just put it here and throw yeah. it out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I do find that interesting because you would think that they would like put together a special bus and then bus people over for the star Wars show. And, and maybe, you know, they would join up with the, with the star Wars dessert party that's going on there and have that, that special viewing spot. But yeah, that's interesting. I, I know, I mean, I've been in that event space before at Epcot and it is huge. I mean, it is a huge space. Um, but I, I can't imagine they're expecting a ton of people for this event. I mean, I can't at that price point, I, I'm not expecting like a thousand people to, to sign up. I mean, I just don't see that happening. Uh, if it were like a hundred bucks, then probably, but I, I you know, I, I just don't see a lot of people doing it. Yeah. But agreed. It's, it's kind of a double whammy is that the, the timing of it and the price, you know, the, there's a reason it's not booked up yet. Like we're, we're yeah. 10 days out from it and it's like, it's not like moonlight magic where, you know, those, those get eaten up the day they open. Nobody's, or I shouldn't say nobody, but you know they they haven't completely booked this one up yet, which tells me that you know it wasn't very well planned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm sorry. it's very possible. It's very possible. <laughs> I'm sorry, DVC. I'm just you know I'm just <laughs> saying what I'm seeing. <laughs> I and I understand why people are upset about the price point. It does you know it feels really high. I mean, I, I don't. How much was the how much was the Star Wars one at Hollywood Studios? Uh oh, geez, it was. I'll say 120, 130 per person. Do you feel like it was worth it for that price? Like it was a good value, but th- there was no alcohol for that one, right? No, there wasn't. But but I yeah. felt like I said the, the the spread of stuff they had, like they 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 were doing um like liquid nitrogen frozen ice cream and stuff like that. Like there was oh, that's cool. Yeah, there was some some neat things, and then the stormtroopers were walking through the crowd and you know talking to people and all that kind of stuff. It was um. Yeah, I I felt it was worth it for you know a star being a Star Wars fan. We we got uh, a lot of enjoyment out of it. So, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I I get why people are upset. I I get it. I I, I just think I think it's kind of an interesting event. I think it's interesting that it's like we're talking about. It's an Epcot. Um, I do wonder if people are going to feel like the price is justified when they go. If it's going to be worth it, because it sounds like it's better than a you know normal buffet. But who knows. So let's go from one controversial topic to another one. Yeah, this is a great one. <laughs> this, is, this is a great. This is a great one. I, do you want to do? do you want to do this one, Trevor? Uh, okay, yeah. So, so this is um, they released a bunch of stuff all at once, and 
everything's coming into effect May 1st. So, um, and I'm sure if you've been on Facebook at all in the last week, you know, I've, I've seen the people, you know, commenting on it, making the, the memes about it, which are just, you know, uh, I get a laugh out of it. Um, everyone's oh, tired of this topic, by the way. I, yeah. We understand everyone's already tired of this and it only came out a couple of days ago, but we're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're talking about stroller restrictions, uh, smoke-free parks, and changes to what you're allowed to bring in a cooler. So um, stroller changes, uh, you have to have uh, a stroller no larger than 31 inches wide and 52 inches long. And... Um, so that, that kills a lot of the double wide jogging strollers and stuff like that. They're also enforcing the no wagons policy, which I think is great. Which um, is a big one for a lot of people. Cause there were a lot of people using those or the Keens uh, wagons, wagons where you could yeah. push them from behind. So they were considering them like a stroller, but they're really wagons. So, <laughs> and they're huge. I'm not going to lie. I'd like to be pushed around in one of those. <laughs> Yeah, I think we all would. <laughs> I, I would. I would like to. Yeah, I was. I was walking in Magic Kingdom. I, I, there's, there's not a lot I wouldn't pay for one of those. <laughs> I was walking around the other day and I was getting winded and I was like, I'm not in Disney shape yet. I got to invent an app called. You ever heard Couch to 5K? I need Couch to Disney because yeah. I, I got to get in shape for my for my Disney trip coming up here. You know, so you know, my wife and I Uber, say this. An, they should build an Uber app within Disney World during the parks that you can just. Uh, Someone will pick you up in a stroller and take you from one place to another. Rickshaws. They got it like rickshaws. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, my my wife and I say it all the time is, you know, we see some kid napping in their stroller and it's like, you know, I I would love to do that. I would love to have a nap and have somebody push me around. (laughs) That does seem like it would be great, right? That's the life right there. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's the first thing is, yeah. So, so strollers are be stroller sizes are being adjusted. Um, so I, I'm sure the first couple of weeks after that, there's going to be um, confused people, upset people that they're getting turned away with a stroller that they brought. So I I feel for those people that, you know, will be disappointed because they can't go in with their kids or they have to figure out another plan. But this is why they're telling us this far ahead. So I was going to say they have a whole month to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's that. Um, secondly, uh, or so the second part of this announcement, um, the smoking areas are all going away. Um, so uh, actually, so I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. So just to cover off the things again, um, <laughs> so smoking is going away, um, inside or coolers. Um, the, the rules with coolers are that, uh, you cannot bring loose ice or dry ice, which the driest thing I don't get, but <laughs> were there people um, really bringing dry ice into the, <laughs> into the park? Uh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I thought I, I was crazy, but I, before. yeah, I mean, I, that is crazy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but uh, I do know. So um, years ago in Disneyland, there was uh, a cast member actually got in trouble because so something you can do with dry ice is that you you throw it into a bottle and you throw a little bit of water and then you seal the cap and oh, yeah. it explodes like a bomb. And yep. so so somebody or one cast member did that to another cast member as a joke and put it under a cart. And it went off and they had to shut down part of Disneyland because they thought that a bomb had detonated somewhere. So, yeah. So, so yeah, dry ice is like, like you can do crazy stuff with it. And I could imagine, you know, you have it in a cooler and the lid sealed, you know, all of a sudden it blows the lid off. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I I can't, I can't imagine anyone using dry ice. So, um, 
Apparently somebody was though, or else they wouldn't have banned it. <laughs> yeah. But, but, and, and I mean, that's fine. You know, for, for me, I, I don't bring a cooler to Disney, so it doesn't really affect me, but you know, for the, those that, you know, do pack a lunch and all that, it's like you, you can get those, uh, you can buy those, um, freezer packs, right? Like you don't have yeah, to buy a bag of ice, yeah. right? Yeah, it's that's. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't even imagine dragging a cooler through the parks. That just seems like a nightmare to me. I like. I like to go as, as I don't know, as, with as little as possible. I don't bring my wallet. I don't. I bring my phone, and that is it. And I have yeah. my magic band, and that's all I want to bring. And then, of course, you know, baby stuff now, and you know, a stroller. I'm sure. And uh, <laughs> but you know, before, like when it was just my wife and I, we had a small backpack. We had magic bands and our phones and that was it but i i don't know i don't want to drag around a cooler all day and and you know we we kind of we're getting back to that too like we used to uh same thing like when when we first took uh, our son we um yeah we had like the bags and and all that kind of stuff but we also made sure that he was old enough that he could walk so we actually never went to disney with a stroller ever um but but yeah, you know, the amount of stuff that we used to carry versus what we carry now, we actually have been over the years, we've been buying smaller and smaller day packs. And now we're at the point where, uh, like I have a, I have a, um, I have a pack that I carry and now my son and my wife both carry a pack and that's just, you know, carrying things like ponchos and a water bottle and that's it. Like it's <laughs> just, just, just a little bit of stuff, just, just yeah. the stuff you need. Yeah. So yeah, th- yeah. The cooler thing I don't get, but I, like actually on my last trip, I saw a guy carrying around like a big cooler, like big enough he could sit on it, kind of thing, and he was dragging <laughs> it around through Fantasyland, and I was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I I get it for a certain like I I understand not everybody can afford the the food at Disney, so I'm not I'm not trying to like say like anything bad about anybody here i i understand it's expensive and not everybody can afford that so i get that i just can't i just can't imagine dragging a cooler around disney i just can't do it yeah yeah like ignoring why they're dragging around i just couldn't imagine you know hauling that much stuff it's just crazy just seems like a lot yeah so anyway continue yeah so so yeah so yeah i wanted to cover that and then i want to go back to smoking because i'm sure i'm going to offend someone um so the fact that the smoking areas are going away, good. <laughs> like, uh, oh, and, man, and, we're going to get mean emails now. <laughs> so, but you know what? I say this as a former smoker. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I did used to smoke at one point in my life and I quit and I'm actually more sensitive to it now than before then. And also even further to that is I have had family members that have gotten sick and died due to smoking so i'm really really against smoking as an activity as a whole so to me you know the fact that they're forcing people out of the parks with it i i think it's a good thing i i I think it i think it highlights a change in you know how people view smoking as a whole anyway like yep like the lots of places have gotten rid like you you can't smoke in buildings anymore at least like we're I live in, in Calgary. There's no smoking spaces inside of buildings. They make you go outside. They make you go away from the doors. Like, I think that this is, I think it's a good thing, but yeah, I know. I, I don't disagree. It's funny. Cause I saw so many people like predicting, you know, 
crazy things happening with this. Like, oh, it's going to make the lines that much longer. And it's like, no, I don't think it's going to make the line to get in longer because you have smokers going out and coming back in. Because to be clear, they are going to have designated smoking areas outside the park. Again, though, too, I also saw people like, well, now we're just going to have to walk through a cloud of smoke to walk into the park. It's like, no, they're not going to set it up that way. They're not going to have it so that they're, you know, their smoke's going right in your face as you're going through the the entrance. Their whole thing is they're redoing the entrance experience. Why would they do that? So, yeah. I mean, that just doesn't yeah. even make any sense. So, I, you know, I and I don't think every time I've ever walked by one of the smoking areas in Disney, there's a handful of people, a couple people. So I don't think it's going to be this huge thing where there's people exiting and reentering a bunch. I don't know. I just I just don't see it. And, and I, I think the other the other reason that this happened too, and, and I've I've seen this as well, is that you you get um, smokers which don't respect the smoking areas, which I've seen a couple of times. Is you know you know there there's people that will light up and you know they're standing off to the side, so they're not. They're, they're not, you know, brazen about it, but they're obviously not in a smoking area. And with the way it is right now, it, it's harder, I guess, for cast members to say, you know, you shouldn't be smoking here because, you know, then they say, well, you know, I was just over or, you know, I thought this was the smoking area or whatever, right? Like, like it gives them, it gives them an out. And then the other side of it is also people who use those uh, vape pens because yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've, I've known people like, so like working for companies and stuff like companies have had to ban people using those because people use them like in the office. And yeah. so like, you know, you, you're, you're in a closed space and somebody's blowing that vape smoke. Same thing's happening at Disney, right? Where somebody figures that, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, uh, it's just vapor. I'm not hurting anyone, but you know, nobody wants to smell your cotton candy smoke. <laughs> Speak like, for yourself, Trevor. <laughs> I, I, I don't, it, it's, I don't need it. It doesn't smell like good cotton candy. It smells, yeah, like it, bird cotton candy. Yeah, it's, it's not good. I feel bad for the for the cast members who have to do all these confrontations they're going to have to do, which I expect to be a whole lot here in the next like month or two. I would not want to be. I don't know. What do you want to call it? The smoke patrol. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> or the stroller per, per, patrol either. I'm sure that's those conversations oh, yeah, are not going to go well either. Fun. Well, well, you know what? You're you're right, Drew. You know, maybe what we should do, like, so for anyone that's going to be down there in the next couple of months, you know, make sure you really thank the cast members. Like, go out of your way to let them know they're doing a good job when they have to start enforcing this stuff. Because yeah, it's it's going to be rough. But and that's I, the thing with that they have to understand is the you know the cast members not the one who made this rule up. They're just it's just their job. So at the end of the day, you know, you can't really get mad at them. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Those of us who are, you know, reasonable, I won't get mad. <laughs> reasonable. <laughs> reasonable being the key word there. Oh, yes. my gosh. Yes, reasonable is the key word there is right. Because yeah. I, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, these rules are only as good as, as the people enforcing them, right? And and, and, I, and I, I'm not going to lie. I, I'll profess ignorance to this because I've never had to bring a stroller in. But from what I've heard, these stroller rules are the same rules that were already in place. They're just enforcing them now. That's, that's what I had heard, that the, these were already pretty much the rules. But... I, I Except for the right. wagon strollers, I think the wagon strollers—they're now like specifically saying no to those. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't think you're wrong with that, Tom. I, I would have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure that they already had, you know, size limitations and all that on the strollers. It's just, again, it was so. I think that because you know strollers kept changing and stuff, or you know, different manufacturers and all that, they didn't want to put a hard line on it. But I think they. 
I think this summer they realize that they really have to crack down on this because if they don't, um, the all these things are just going to exasperate Star Wars Land, oh, yeah. Galaxy's Edge, right? Like we've like already decided we're not calling it Galaxy's Edge, right? That's yeah, Star Wars, Land, yeah. but it's Star Wars Land. It's Star Wars. Land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. I, th- I think I think the reason why you're actually seeing the enforcement at this point is that they know that if they have to start it over the summer here before it opens because they need to get people in the right mindset before it's easier once you know it's been in place for a couple of months and people already know about it and the word's gotten out that you know you can't do this you got to do this like it it'll make it easier when they're already having to deal with you know launching a new land right so 100% agree yeah. I, I think so many of the changes they've made over the past, you know, six months to a year basically have been in preparation for Star Wars. So, um, but, I, you know, I think the fo- the one that everybody found kind of funny was the ice one, right? Yeah, I, I, I'm i still blown away by the dry ice thing. It's like, who would, <laughs> why would you go buy dry ice for your cooler? But Well, I was thinking to I myself, <laughs> I was like, I don't even know where I'd go and buy dry ice. But then I just, I like recently saw that my local like grocery store has dry ice. And I was like, really? Like, okay. That's Isn't weird. Isn't that stuff dangerous to the touch, though? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you can you can burn yourself with it. Yeah, I so. think you need to wear, like, gloves to handle it, right? Yeah, um, see, that's not worth it to me. Yeah. yeah it's not. But, um, but I think I think the the main reason people use it is because of the fact that it's there's something to do with its evaporation point. So instead of it melting, it actually evaporates. And it lasts it lasts longer and cools faster, right? Yeah, basically. Well, I also th- was a lot of people were like, "Well, why are they not allowing loose ice?" And I, from what I saw, a lot of people were saying, and this makes sense to me. It's it's because security, uh, because I guess security's you know having to dig through all these coolers, and you know maybe they're not wanting to stick their hands through all this loose ice. But my first thought when I heard it was, okay, people probably just dump this ice out wherever the heck they want. That's and then, what I thought. and then the walkways get slippery. But I thought I saw something where they said if you go to any quick service restaurant, they'll give you a cup of ice or give give you ice to put in your cooler too. So I was like, okay, well if that's the case, then it can't be because people are just dumping it out wherever they care or you know care to do so. Or I don't I don't know. I maybe that was maybe that was not correct news when I saw that. But um, yeah, but I don't know. I thought it was weird. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, both of those are good points. The other thing that I thought of too is that. And I guess this relates back to the security thing is that you can like, there's lots of places you can buy ice. Um, but, um, I know like you, you can still transmit diseases via, via ice, like hepatitis and stuff like that. So, so yeah, maybe, maybe going back to the security point, maybe they don't want, you know, like ice that they have in the park, they know where it's coming from. You know, they're, they're providing it. They can be accountable for it. Versus somebody bringing in, you know, from an outside source. Maybe, maybe mm. there's something about that that's you know wigging them out. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I I think the thing that makes the most sense to me is the security side of things. I I think I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking. Just with all the changes they're making to the entrance like experience, um, you know, probably trying to make those security lines go a little bit faster too. It's probably really easy if they just have a couple ice packs in there. Well. And actually, also even even outside of the, the ice itself, you know, you can hide things inside of ice. So oh, maybe yeah, true. maybe the the concern there too is you know people bringing stuff in that they're not supposed to be bringing in as well. 
Are you talking about people sneaking in booze, Trevor? Is that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. You know, some guy totally brings true. in his beer and, you know, it's buried at the bottom of the cooler. I don't know. <laughs> I, I would love to know how many cast members like have just seen a dude walking around with like a Bud Light in his hand, just drinking it and be like, where did you, where, where'd that come from? Because like, you can't even, you, like, well, it's not like the other parks where you could actually buy those at stands. Now it's like at a Magic Kingdom, you can only get it from the restaurants. So it just yeah, kind of funny they, to me. And they may, they're very clear about not letting you leave the restaurant with the alcohol. Oh, yeah. So, but I, I was going to say, though, my, so if I was going to do that, and I'm not going to do that, so Disney don't, don't you know, get up in my face about flag. it. But I, flag I, him, I, flag yeah. him. <laughs> I, I would at least get a like a koozie for my beer so, you know, it, it doesn't look like a beer. <laughs> There's all sorts of things you can do to hide that stuff. Like, that's the thing. Like, yeah. You can make all these rules, but people are still going to figure out ways around them, of course. Right. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I thought, the, I you know, I, I actually the most of the reaction I saw on this one was actually pretty positive. I think most people were pretty happy about these changes. Um, especially the stroller ones. From what I saw, a lot of people were happy about the strollers because they felt like, you know, the some of these walkways get taken over by these huge strollers, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of out of control when yeah, people are like they're so wide that you can't even like turn the thing and <laughs> you're running over people's feet and I I actually did have somebody run over my foot um not last year but the year before and and it was an accident, but it it just, you know, it highlights that you know these the bigger these things get, the more you're going to have those kinds of instances. Right. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think once a trip I get hit in the back of the, like hitting the heels with uh you know, hitting the back of the leg with a, uh, with a stroller at least once. So I'm excited to finally have a stroller as a, you know, battering <laughs> ram to get through the crowds. I mean, cause that's how everybody else uses them. Now I'm finally going to have my own that I can, you know, push my way through crowds with. <laughs> you, you, you i'm kidding of course the, uh, yeah yeah you gotta get the spiked bumper on the front oh yeah there you go the yeah. the, the little uh cattle thing that they put on the front of trains yeah i'm, I'm <laughs> sure they'll a chariot that. what was that Drew? so basically a chariot just yeah sure yeah <laughs> exactly chariot. yeah exactly is i mean it, i didn't see disney having any rules against having weaponry on the front of my uh on the front of my controller no yeah. rules about that <laughs> You know, the, the the fact that they don't have the rule means that nobody's done it yet. That's shocking. So. <laughs> hey, someone's got to start the trend somewhere. I, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's someone's got to start it. Uh, I'll be the I'll be that guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, this is the first time I'm ever taking a stroller. You know, this trip that we have coming in June, this is the first time I'm ever having to take a stroller. So this is going to be an interesting experience for me because my wife and I, uh, you know, when we take our trips, we're a little bit freewheeling, you know, we kind of just in the past, we've just kind of done our thing. And, and now we're not really going to do that anymore. It's going to be a lot more structured. And, you know, I'm going to have to account for a stroller, whereas before we just get off a ride and just be on our way. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's it's less, like you said, roaming and more of like escorting a caravan. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm super paranoid about my stroller getting stolen too. Like I'm so paranoid about that and I don't know what I'm going to do about it yet. Like I thought about getting one of those tile things, you know, the trackers. So if someone steals it, then I can like track them down or like using like a bike lock or something on my stroller. That's, I don't know. I'm so paranoid about it. The, the tile thing's a good idea. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Right. Just yeah. hide it in there somewhere. Not, but here's the thing. I'm going to bring like a not nice stroller with me. Like I'm, I'm not bringing a stroller that I'm going to care about with me. 
and we're not going to leave anything important in there. And I'm certainly not going to leave open food bags in there so that, you know, the wildlife can have snacks because I can't tell you how many times we've watched strollers, especially in Animal Kingdom, uh, where there's the wildlife gets into those strollers and you just see them eating popcorn out of someone's stroller. Like, yeah, you, you, you see that you see this is the difference tom is that you you are aware of these things so you're going yes. to take steps to prevent them so i don't think you'll have any of the issues that you're talking about <laughs> i i hope not i hope not i'm I, i'm probably being unnecessarily paranoid about this but but you know that's that's what it would being paranoid is right so yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else about this topic before we move on to, to other things no i'm good okay yep. cool to more controversial topics. Yeah. <laughs> the controversy. This this one actually came out. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? This one came out right after our last episode. So this is a little bit of old news, but we want to talk about it. And I'm kind of sad that Damon's not here because Damon actually has one of these. And I don't. And I don't know if you do, Trevor, but I do not. But I don't know. Yeah. But so and so basically Disney's removing the walk around the world bricks uh, from the Magic Kingdom entrance. So if you've ever gone to Magic Kingdom, you've walked uh, walked around and looked down. Uh, you've seen these bricks that, uh, you know, have uh, have different engravings on them that people were purchasing uh, years and years and years ago. Uh, and, you know, these bricks were only uh, when people signed up for this, they were only committed to be on display until 2011. So these have gone on a lot longer than they were planned to go. Um, and unfortunately, they're not designed to be removed individually. So uh, they're guests, you know, these are getting removed and guests are not able to take home their brick, which I, I get is a, you know, for some people, they're upset about it. And I understand, like, I get it because a lot of people, these bricks mean a lot to them. You know, maybe they purchased for a loved one that passed away or, you know, although I saw somebody on there, uh, you know, that said that was like good because it has my ex-husband on there and I don't want it there anymore. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's the opposite wow. side. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, um, yeah, harsh, right? Yeah, she was she was psyched about it. She was like, "Good, get this thing out of here." Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know, Drew. Do you have one of these bricks? I know you've been a Disney fan for a long time. I wasn't sure if you had one. I think my family has one, um, but I think it's in the uh, transportation center. And to be honest with you, I don't think after the first year we bought it, I'm not think I don't think we ever went and visited it once after that. So <laughs> you never went and found really it. Really, that big of a concern to us. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty funny. I, actually, that's a good point. They, they're just removing them from the Magic Kingdom entrance, right? Not the Transportation and Ticket Center. I think so, but I'm not 100% sure. That's actually a valid point. I don't hmm. know. Um, let me see. Does it does it say in this article we're looking at here? Oh, no, it does say the TTC, too. Oh, okay. okay so, yeah, so both both of them are, are getting oh, removed. There goes my stone. Yeah, <laughs> there goes your stone. <laughs> well, the good news is you can get a replica of the stone, um, and so for those that, um, you know, are at the park, you can, they have like little, uh, like a little stand set up where you can go and get a replica brick to take home with you. Or, um, you can also get them, I believe on uh, shop Disney. Um, but I think you need like a, if you can't come to the park in person, I think you need to have like a code. You have to email guest services first and then they'll send you a code and then you can go into shop Disney and get it. But, um, but I mean, listen, I, I get why people are upset about this. Um, well, some people are upset about it. Not everybody's upset about it, but I get it. Um, and, and, you know, it'll be kind of sad to see those go, but I'm hoping they're doing it because they're doing something really cool. I, I don't know what that's going to be, but I'm hoping that there's some sort of neat improvement that they're going to do. Yeah. And I, I think one of the other comments that I saw too, is that, you know, especially in the TTC, some of those bricks are pretty much, uh, worn out at this point. Like, Destroyed. You, yeah. You, you like, you can't, you can hardly tell 
the name that's on them. And, and I'll admit too, like, like so, so from staying at the poly, walking from the poly to uh, the TTC, you you hit a point where like it's regular bricks, and then you start getting the commemorative bricks as you're walking along the path. And I always thought that was nice. I like I I liked you know I was actually looking down and you know I I see the names and everything and and I thought it was a nice touch. So I I hope that yeah whatever they replace it with, it's something equally as nice that you know it 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 shouldn't just be you know like sorry you're in Disney you shouldn't just be standard bricks right like <laughs> it's got to be like some sort of design or something cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they they should have some sort of meaning behind it, and I'm sure they do have a good plan for it. And maybe it's part of a yeah a larger upgrade to the TTC, and and we know they're redoing the entrance to to Magic Kingdom and all that. But uh, yeah, I, I do think it's nice of them though that you know they they realized when they put in these bricks, obviously they're they're interlocked, so they can't um, they can't pull them up easily without destroying them. So I, I do think it's nice that they're they're offering the commemorative ones for those that want to get them, because you know they could have gone the other way and just said you know sorry you know you you had your yeah. brick and that was it right yeah so. we said they were going to be 2011 and uh, see you later we're we're going to destroy them and they're done like I also think to myself too though like what it, if let's say they did go with the plan of we're going to dig these things up and give them out what about the ones like you said that are worn out or the ones that are broken or you know just the the sheer difficulty in tracking down all these people would have been yeah. a logistical nightmare for them you know what i mean and I, so i get it i get why they're not allowing this because it, it would be so difficult for them to do and then plus the construction time would probably be way longer i don't know how many bricks there are but um to remove each one of them individually probably would take forever <laughs> so i would not want that job <laughs> no, it'd be terrible. Who wants to do that job? Nobody wants to do that job. But like, and but I get. I like. Listen, I understand why people are upset about it, and I am sympathetic to that. I, I get it. But at the same time, unfortunately, it's just not practical to take them out, and they were never built to be taken out. You know, and they just weren't made to be taken out. So, yeah. so Drew, you got to go and get, make sure that you get your replica if you care enough to get your replica. <laughs> to be honest, I got to find it first. <laughs> you don't even know what it looks like. A lot more time than it's worth. <laughs> it's, it's also worth noting, by the way, if you didn't get one, if you never got one, now they're giving out bricks like anybody can go and get a brick if they want one. So, Well, the best part is you paid for the brick the first time and then it's like, hey, you want it again? Pay us again, and we'll send you a replica. So <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. I don't. How much were those bricks back in the day? I don't even know. Oh gosh, I don't even remember. It was so long ago. It was a long time ago. It's amazing mm-hmm. they've lasted this long, to be honest. Well, well, and, and to that point, you know, you paid for the brick back then. You you got to say, you know, I had a brick in, you know, the Magic Kingdom from like, you know. I don't even know when did they start that like 1990 or something like that. Uh, it was a long time. I don't remember actually when, and I don't think I, I see any dates here when that when that started. But it it was a long time ago. Yeah. So yeah, you you had your you had your brick in the park for like you know 20 plus years. Like, there's yeah. some famous people on there too. They actually, if you do the Keys to the Kingdom tour, they will point out some of the famous bricks that are down there. So Not I, anymore. I, not <laughs> I mean, maybe they'll Sorry. keep the famous people. I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, no, you're right. Not anymore. Right. Um, get rid of those. But yeah, like you know, I get it. It's it's time, right? It's it's past. It, it, there, it seems like they're doing something different. So yeah. All right. Um, well, do you, anything else on this before we move on to our very last topic? Our rumor of the week. Nope. Not here. Yep. All, All right. right. 
Trevor, you want to talk about this rumor? I do want to talk about this rumor because this rumor <laughs> is near and dear to my heart because I love the void. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, so, so the rumor is that uh, a Frozen Two VR experience is coming to the void, and what they think is that it'll be coinciding with the long-awaited sequel premiere to uh, um, come out on November twenty-second. Uh, a Frozen Two VR attraction will be slated for the same day at Disney Springs in the Walt Disney World Resort and Downtown Disney in Disneyland. Uh, this upcoming Frozen 2 VR experience will put you inside a new multi-sensory Disney adventure where will be immersed in the world of Arendelle with Anna and Elsa. Um, what do I think of this? Um, <laughs> yes, please. And, oh, and okay, nice. So I'm all for VR and anything to put VR forward, obviously, because I like sure. to avoid um, also, the date happens to coincide very nicely with being one of the last days of uh, my trip when I'm down there in November. <laughs> so <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm interested though. I, so first of all, I, I just want to point out this rumor is coming from WDWNT. Uh, dot com. I don't I want to give them credit or I guess, you know, if this is wrong, I guess I want to give them blame. Um, <laughs> but, um, but basically, you know, I'm, I'm interested. I'm assuming that this is going to replace Wreck-It Ralph as opposed to Star Wars. Um, that was my question, too, is where it's going to it's, it's at Saratoga Springs or Disney Springs. Right. In the same place that the, the void yep. and the, the Wreck-It Ralph thing is. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, the, yep. the thing is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Drew. No, no. Go, that was me. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So the, the thing is, is that um, so being that I, I've been there and seen how it's set up, they have a separate space for the Star Wars one and for Wreck-It Ralph. Um, so gotcha. I, I can when I was in there, I saw at least um, there was three or four different um, bays, I guess you could call them. So like when you go in, you've got like a starting room that you go into to get suited up and all that. And they had like they had four different ones that I saw. So um, what I think they might be doing is that it, it, it like when they started, they were just running the Star Wars one in all of them, and now they split them out. And so now I I think it's two of them are running Wreck-It Ralph and two of them are running Star Wars. I think they may further split that out. That you know they've got you know this one running Star Wars, this one running Wreck-It Ralph, and then this one running Frozen or two of them running frozen or whatever. So, so I think they'll be able to do it. Um, So you're saying they're going to have all three that it's not going to replace anything. I'm, I think so. I could be wrong on that. Like it it could just be that they're saying, you know, star Wars is done and they'll phase that one out because the thing about the star Wars one is that it doesn't actually, it doesn't relate to the new movies at all. It's actually um, the storyline actually follows uh, rogue one. So um, in like, the the logic is you know with star wars land coming that they would want to keep the star wars one but really it doesn't have that much to do with star wars land so yeah that makes sense well that makes me glad i'm gonna do it in june when i go <laughs> yeah you, yeah you, you you would have been well you wouldn't have known any better but you would have been sad if you didn't get to do that one because <laughs> yeah it's, it's so good <laughs> yeah that's what i've heard i don't know if you've done that one drew but I, I damon and trevor have both done it and they said it was amazing no i had friends do the the star wars one they said it was a lot of fun but i've never done either of them i've, I've always wanted to you, it's just something you kind of forget is there when you're in disney and all like the hustle and bustle of everything you're you don't like like oh we should just go do this yeah <laughs> that's true 
And you know I, I think I think part of it for me is I'm staying at Old Key West next time, and so I'm right by Disney Springs, and we have a dinner reservation at Disney Springs, so it's kind of it just kind of works out, you know. Yeah, and for for us, like we we always um, we always set aside a morning where we go to Disney Springs and do shopping anyway, because we like going to the Christmas store and all that. So so I always make sure that you know in in addition to the shopping, we always stop off at the Void. So yeah. Yes. It, yeah, it's it, it, you kind of do have to plan for it a little bit, but I I do highly recommend you give it a try the next time you're there, Drew. <laughs> oh, definitely. I've always like I said, I've always wanted to. It's just something I just need to put it in an actual schedule and just do it. <laughs> that's yeah. That's I'm kind of the same because like we never plan time to go over to Disney Springs. It just you know sometimes it's just like a random thing like oh let's go over to Disney Springs why not and so like yeah you just kind of got to plan it as as something to do right. Yeah, we're always over there too in Disney Springs. We love it, and so it's just kind of. Uh, wanting to do it, yeah, yeah, and I guess it's it's one of those things like it is over by the Christmas shop. So if you don't go over to that side, you can miss it very easily. And yeah, I'll be interested. And now, given I haven't done the other two, but like what this would look like, like are you going to have Elsa's ice powers? Like, like what are, what are you going to be in this? Like, what which what character would you be? And now, given none of us have seen Frozen two. So we don't know what the plot line is for this or, or what characters are going to be introduced or anything like that. But I just wonder where you are in this story, you know? So if it's anything like Wreck-It Ralph. So so the interesting thing was when, when we did Star Wars, you were just a stormtrooper. You you just like the, you didn't get a pick or anything. With Wreck-It Ralph, the, um, they gave you a card. So like before you even went in, there were six player cards and the, the cards made you look like... Um, um, someone from the internet, like like in Ralph breaks the internet, so you so you could pick like yeah, yeah. like just a generic character from the internet. My thinking on Frozen would be, you know, it would be same kind of thing. It, w- it would be, you know, people from Arendelle, if they, like the, that would like the town, like the townspeople. Yeah, exactly. So so yeah, you get you have a choice of six townspeople, and so everyone gets to pick pick one can of I, them. Can I do? Can I be the Duke of Weaselton? Weselton. Yeah, I think it's Weaselton. <laughs> I mean, that's who I'd want to be. <laughs> or Duke Weaselton. I mean, from Zootopia. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Both voiced by Alan Tudyk. Fun fact. <laughs> Love it. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Or maybe it'd be fun to be Sven. You know, you could be, uh, <laughs> you could reindeer. be reindeers. Reindeer are uh, better than people. That's true. All right, I think we're, I'm sorry, I, feel like, I, I have to stop doing that. <laughs> I feel like we're getting I feel like we're getting punchy. This is yeah. this has been this has been a long one. Maybe we should wrap this up. Unless there's anything else anybody else wants to say about Frozen before we uh, wrap this show up. Nope. Got nothing. All right. All right. Well, I, I hope this happens. I like new stuff and I, I like that they're rotating stuff in and out of the void. I, I think that's that's a good idea and I, I think it's smart to coincide with movie releases, so Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So do you want me to wrap this up? Yeah, Trevor, let's wrap this thing up. All right. So, um, first of all, Drew, so thanks for joining us today on the show. Um, well, yeah. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Yeah, yeah, we, we had a great time. And, yeah, you know, thanks for answering our questions about uh, about renting our DVC points. I mean, it's for me, it's given me, you know, some new things to think about here. So, yeah, yeah and I no problem. It. If anyone, any of you guys or anyone else has any more questions, you know, go to our website, get on our, uh, there's a contact us thing on there, ask away. We'll, uh, we'll be happy to answer anything. 
Oh, don't worry. Our listeners will. <laughs> yeah. I'm you'll be, to you'll be hearing from them. <laughs> hey, that's just fine. Awesome. <laughs> Great. All right. So, um, yeah, to wrap things up. So, as usual, you know, anyone that has any questions, you can reach us at uh, welcomehomepodcast at gmail.com. Um, as usual, you know, we, we got a ton of great listener questions today. Uh, and, uh, you know, keep them coming, guys. Uh, we also... Um, we also reach out to people on Facebook. So you, you guys can find us on Facebook as well. Um, that I think that's pretty much our biggest platform. Um, uh, Twitter and Instagram are there as welcome home pod and welcome home picks, but really um, welcome home podcast on Facebook is probably the best place to, to reach us. If you guys do have questions about anything on the show. So yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> as far as iTunes goes. Um, so yeah, we do like the reviews, but yeah, you know, kind of like Damon said on the last episode, like give us a reason why if you didn't <laughs> like us, I guess. But not that Trevor's in a tunnel because you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess I do. Maybe I should stop podcasting in the bathtub. I, I might change that. So I just always assume you were driving uh, through a tunnel and you know, in, in your convertible, and that's why it sounded that way. But yeah. it's okay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, so please review us, but also don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeart Music Radio, all sorts of places you can find our podcast, any place that has podcasts. You can pretty much find us if you just search for Welcome Home and look for uh, a Disney Parks and DVC uh, a podcast because there are other Welcome Homes out there. So look for the one that says Disney. Um, and just a reminder to our listeners, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company, and as such, any and all opinions we express on the show are our own. So please contact a DVC representative, a, a cast member, call Disney directly, or if you have questions about um, you know renting your DVC points, of course, call our, our friends at a DVC Rental Store. Um, a big thank you to for uh, to a DVC Resale Market for sponsoring this episode, and of course to DVC Rental Store for being on the show today. So join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion. Of course, more DVC talk. We hope to see you all real soon. This is Skipper Albert Awall, the voice of the jungle, signing off from Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. Affair. I looked around from pole to pole, found her in a sugar bowl.